Chase the team, yeah we bout to rank, rank, rank supreme Come on. Yeah we coming over and we taking the scene Yeah we should be on that limelight up up on the screen Yeah you know my team, yeah we really just doing this Fluid up, every time we really just moving this Yeah man, we mix it up To all of my fellas and six foot up hey, Best believe, we the new way Mr. T, Rob, Boogie, and Anthony Dave You're listening to The Riot Show This is The Riot Show Gentlemen, boys and girls, it is finally that time of the week again. How often do you hear hip-hop music playing on this station? The answer is once a week. That's how you know this is the (laughs) weekly premiere of The Ryan Show FM with hip-hop legend, leader of the Lost Boys. He's known as Coach Cheeks. He's known as Mr. Lights, Camera, Action. He's known as Captain Bada Bing. Mr. Cheeks is in the house. What What's it up, do, brother? What it do, what it do, family? Everything good? Things are fantastic. We've got a hell of a night tonight. Ain't that right, socialite? Hamptons, Dave, nostrils as wide as ever. <laughs> Brian Pan eyes, flaring nostrils. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so, you know, so you know I'm having a night with my just all pupil. <laughs> it's like staring at it. one of the grays, one of the aliens that Rocco normally would. Yep, staring out into the light. I had one of those weekends. That's not a bad thing, and he stopped by. I'll have everybody know that Hamptons Dave did pay a visit to the family yesterday. Shouts to Hamptons Dave. Last time he brought a cookie monster for the sun. See, that's camaraderie. Yep, had to, I know he loves Sesame Street. They're out of Burton, Ernie. Yeah, so that's... Had to that's, go to the next best thing. Yeah, best thing. I'm sure that's your favorite part of Sesame Street is those two. No, nah, I can't be. I'm not talking about Thomas like that. But Ryan keeps trying to push Burton Ernie on him, and I don't understand why. Out of all Sesame Street, that's what you try to push on your son, Ryan. Well, that's right. If I push Burton Ernie, as long as Burton Ernie aren't pushing on him, it's all right with me. Oh, and it's yeah, I can only imagine what the I Ernie think version. Burton Ernie peekaboo would be. Tickle me, Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Well, oh man. So we've got a hell of a night. Actually, Aaron Card is about to join us to get things started. So it's going to be a really quick intro. We've got Aaron Carter tonight. We've got professional wrestling icon Rob Van Dam, and we have Marco Polo. But first, uh, let's get honky-wonky on these ones and twos. we got a packed night. 
Cheeks Dave, let's get it going, baby. Let's go. Rolled up. Deep cover with a dude. Trees, yo. Everything's cool. Holla at me when you're done, yo.
We have returned. This is the Ryan Show FM. And we're bringing a legend on tonight. Not just our usual legend, Mr. Cheeks of the Lost Boys, co-host of the show. But we have one of the great child sensations of our time. And an adult sensation as well. Now, he's about to whoop some ass. Known for his street fighting. He's coming back with boxing gloves on. We've got Aaron Carter, pop star, in the building tonight. Aaron, we got to give it up for you. Round of applause. Welcome to the show. What's up, what's legend. What's up, fellas? How are you? I mean, good, it's good. good to see you here tonight, especially because we had Damon on very recently, and he is so hyped for this fight between you and Lamar Odom. Woo! It's crazy, man. It's a... Uh... It's unexpected for sure. I know it's like a, a David and Goliath type of situation. So, but I don't think Lamar is, you know, he don't look like Ivan Drago, so I'll be all right. <laughs> I mean, he's been through it. It's not like he's... He don't look like Ivan Drago, though. This is, it's like Rocky versus Ivan Drago, so. So that's how you feel right now? Do you feel like there's going to be a huge upset? Because, I mean, I'm sure you're, you're seeing, like, people leaving nasty comments saying, oh, there's no way that this is possibly going to be a fair match. Um, but I mean, you're very confident. You're very confident that you got this match. So got to give it up for you. Look, um, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. It's that simple, you know, and going into it, it's just like, let them come, let them come to me. You know, I'm going to let them, I'm going to let them come to me. Have you ever fought anybody that big before? He's a big boy. I mean, well, I guess when I was, that arm, Nick that was co- comparable to that. That's, that's a good point. When you have an older brother, who that's to win those fights. <laughs> exactly. He won all of them because I feel like I, if I would have put my hands on him, probably wouldn't have been good. So maybe, well, is is that a possible celebrity boxing match waiting to happen with my brother? Nah, he's a pussy, man. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a pussy. No, uh, probably not. No, because like two years ago, he got like a restraining order on me. So I guess I'm really scary. Ooh. Uh, well, I mean, apparently, apparently, I mean, we'll see if Lamar does. That's the next step. And, you know, once again, I got to say, I love the confidence. And we had Damon on, and he said that you had an experience street fighting, or you had quite a lot of experience street fighting. Can you f- go further into that? I'm just curious. I mean, just getting my ass whooped by a bunch of people. I mean, it's happened a lot of times, and I've had my nose broken a bunch of times. I've been bullied a lot. I was bullied a lot as a kid. I was little, you know, so I wasn't really that big. And, um, so, I mean, I was thrown in dumpsters and I tried to go to, I remember the first time I, I whooped somebody's ass, it was with a, a skate. I was rollerblading to school. I was fifth grade and these two kids threw me in a dumpster and with my rollerblades on and I put my rollerblades on my hands, jumped out and I knocked both of them out. And then like 15 years later, I find out that one of the kids that I knocked out was my sister-in-law's um, sister's boyfriend. Did he remember that? My brother's wife's sister's boyfriend. Yeah, that must have been that. awkward. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I looked at him. Was he still pissed? <laughs> yeah, they're always still pissed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So how soon after was it that you became a superstar? I mean, it, why would you bully? It's not the smartest person to bully Aaron Carter, especially at that age. You, I mean, it must have been right after. Actually, well, so fifth grade was like Aaron's party. So that was like my second album. So, um yeah, I mean, I and I was actually out of school and then my mom and dad put me back in because I was like, I want to go to I want to go to normal school for a little bit. So they tried to put me back in school. And then that's that's when that situation mm-hmm. happened. I mean, and then um, sorry, babe, I got my fiance over here. Uh, Congratulations, by the way. Congratulations <laughs> on. Uh, yes. Amazing news. Hey, there she is. 
Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I had a bunch of like scorned boyfriends. I hooked up with their girlfriends. Thanks, babe. That happens. That happens too. Oh, yeah. They may be like, oh, you got to meet me at the end of the driveway. All right. I'll meet you at the end of my driveway. Okay. <laughs> so, dude, I, I got to say, you seem to be in great spirits and you seem to be recovering. And, you know, it's not easy just to be a child star, obviously, right? It's like you just hear all these stories, you hear all these crazy rumors and everything else. So, I have to ask you, because I'm sure a lot of people want to know, and it's a very basic question, but who is Aaron Carter? At this point, who is Aaron Carter? I mean, Aaron Carter today. Uh, I hate referring to the guy that be shat. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be a husband, and I'm gonna be a dad. <laughs> so, yeah. you saying that, that if she's not in the room? No, she, no, no. I, 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 I like no, that. I say she's not in the room too. No, <laughs> no, 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 for real though. Um, that's that's who I'm gonna be now. It's like I'm gonna be. You know, a father. I'm gonna be uh, a, a great husband. You know, and a provider. That's that's who Aaron Carter is today. And somebody who was able to take himself from. Let's see. Um, I don't even know. Let's see. From that album, from Aaron's party. That was just my second album. Nice First classic. Album, second album, and then to be able to come back and do this. <laughs> 75 million streams and produced my own album called love damn 17 years later without even touching music that's what that's who i really am that's what i love is like i'm a music producer and my whole album my love album i co-produced the whole record i co-wrote the whole thing and it was my vision and i funded the whole project and believed in myself when all the labels have given up on me and it got on Spotify and Spotify viral charts and top 50. And then boom, every record they was like, Hey Aaron, how's it going, man? <laughs> See that? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, f- all, you and now it's like, too late. Myself. Now you're independent. So, and, dude, no, you're I got signed to Sony. No, I got signed. Oh, so you are signed to Sony. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I'm signed. I was signed with Sony with this project. So, but now I, I got away from them and I'm going in my independent route. But to be honest with you, like music is fucking trash right now. It's terrible. So I kind of just want to see what's going to happen and see where, when that curve happens, you know, how we had like the nineties and then that grunge and then it turned into like EDM because dance music was kind of corny in the nineties. And then now it's becoming something different. So I'm just waiting to see how our industry evolves because I'm not desperate. I mean, look, I waited for, you know, what was it, like 15 years. I think it was. Yeah. 15 years. So 15 up until 30, so 15 years yeah, to release a project, you know, wow. and I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I was like, nah, I'm not ready. What was it that made it? What was it that made you ready to release a project after 15 years? <laughs> I mean, the, the caliber of music that I was making, yeah. like it couldn't be shit, man. I couldn't do anything that was shit. And, it, and I did a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like I did a lot of dumb music and I recorded a lot of music. And, but the, the thing that, I think made me like special in this whole situation is regardless of music that I was doing, it wasn't a full embodied project. So I didn't even want to release it. I was like, no, I can't do this. I can't do, I cannot release just some dumbass song for no reason. So that's kind of how I looked at that situation. So and that's not all you have going on. I mean, I just saw recently, I was doing a little research. I saw the No Jumper interview that happened, I believe, just last week, or it was released just last week. And you are making a killing right now 
on OnlyFans, you're in the what top point like five percent of uh, of top subscribers. Yeah, I'm point zero zero five percent. So like, that's insane. I'm, like, in the top three creators, I mean, I do a good like, you know, seventy thousand a month. <laughs> seventy thousand a month through OnlyFans. It's insane. You know what's crazy <laughs> is that it it's just I didn't I didn't know what that was all about, and I had like a, a I had like a, a tainted image in my head for anybody that did OnlyFans. I was like, oh, they're porn stars. I'm I'm not doing it. My girl ain't on it with me. She never will be. She made a bet because she did OnlyFans when I first met her, and I was like, I don't like that. Like I don't like the your booty and your t- popping out everywhere. We gotta do something about this. Yeah. And was she, she receptive to like, that? Huh? Was she and she was cool with that? With you telling no, her well, no, she was like, "Oh, well, you know, if, if," and I was like, "Well, I'll open to OnlyFans," and she goes, "Okay, well, if you open to OnlyFans and you make more than like, if you make more than five grand, you know, in like a week, then I'll stop." I opened it up and I had like forty grand in less than thirty minutes. <laughs> so, Damn. and then I was like, "You, you're, you're off." So, <laughs> like, I and it's all it. you. Don't worry, I got it. I mean, she kind of introduced it to me though. So, but. It's, and it's, it's and it's, it's it's like you know I, you hear some people are ripping off their fans on OnlyFans. I know there's been a controversy. I forgot her name. One of these Disney stars. Bella, she got OnlyFans. Bella. Bella Bella Thorne. I think it is. But she didn't put out revealing enough pictures. People were disappointed. But I hear that you're just going all out with this thing. Man, I go all out with my song. I don't give a <laughs> shit. I don't care. I mean, what do you think? I've been doing my whole life. I've been some sort of a weird sex symbol my whole life. So, you know what? The fans that I have on OnlyFans are, bro, they're 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 incredible. They're so supportive, and yes, whatever. I mean, I don't do anything. I, I do everything solo, like I said. Yeah. I don't do any like actually like porn stuff. So it's just kind of just like OnlyFans model, I guess you could say. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. It's just it's crazy. I didn't I didn't expect it to be like it was. So, but. The thing is, is before I even touched OnlyFans, I started getting into real estate. So two years, about two and a half years ago, I bought my first home ever. Surprisingly, okay. right? My first. Yeah, you'd home. think that would have been something. Yeah. First home ever. I had. Were you just renting before that? Up. What's up? Were you just renting the whole time? Just renting, just renting, and doing stupid drugs mm-hmm. and doing stupid shit, and that's the life that I got, bro. That's what I was. You know, because that's and what now, I was now doing. it seems you seem to be sober right now. I mean, are you completely off drugs at this point, training for the fight? I mean, almost four years. So the last time four I went years. To rehab, mm-hmm. Wow. Last time I went to rehab, it's been a success, and let's just keep it that way. I went to rehab for huffing duster cans, which is fun. I'll admit, we've all been fucked up. Yeah. That shit is fucking crazy, and I was doing the gnarliest. I can't even explain to y'all what I was doing, hallucinating, all kinds of shit, driving cars off of bridges and shit. Yo, it, it, especially when it's with like a cocktail of other things. I remember yeah. being a kid at Starbucks. I used to work at Starbucks when I was a kid, <laughs> and I'd take the whipped cream cans and I'd blast them full yeah, of the, the whip, CO2. That's nothing, that's nothing compared to this shit. This shit is horrible. This shit is Ooh. like, it's not, it's not like a whip it. It's different. It's like, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it, but. Well, but we yeah, don't want to, I mean, yeah, well. <laughs> But like, look, I mean, almost four years coming up, four years, um, I'm uh, from Owl House in Malibu, and that's where I went to rehab for over three months. And 
actually that place burnt down in the Malibu fire. So kind of, it's kind of sucks, but I mean, they cured me. They, they helped me figure it out that, you know, uh, yes, I, I am an addict. I'll always have those behaviors, but my life now is a testament to me not doing any of those things. Um, you know, my weight, uh, me owning my own home, me owning all my car, being able to take care of my little fur babies over there. You know, like that, these are all certain. I know it's kind of like it's normalcy. Okay. Yeah. I have never had any normalcy in my life. As far as I can remember going back, I was always working and always trying to put on a show for somebody. So, yeah, get this. I did take that route of the typical, like, you know, child started up his whole life but well, it was it's the access to like turn up you know being a childhood beyond stuff, beyond you know. turning up, it's just yeah. everybody like th- what comes with fame is just attention and non-stop people looking in and lambasting you and leaving nasty comments and you're just a kid i mean yo dude it, no one can blame you no one can blame you for any type of downfall that you had when you were exposed to all that at what 10 years old so yeah i mean but I mean, I, yeah, started in 90 in uh, 1997. I was born in 87. So, you know, it was it was crazy. Yes. Uh, and there was a, a lot of access to a lot of bad things. Mm-hmm. But that's because my surrounding was all adults, bro. Yeah. And are those rumors never, true? Because like, kid, it was never a kid around me. It was always adult working with adults. Like, and that's one of the things like you hear all these rumors now about we had Vitor Belfort on recently, MMA legend. Mm-hmm. And he was telling, yeah, Vitor was talking about how there's uh, there's all these pedophiles in Hollywood and all this crazy stuff. And you hear all these rumors and all these child stars come out. But you were there firsthand. So, I mean, is it is there more to these rumors than just these speculations that people make on the Internet? I mean, probably that some of them, that's probably true. I mean, they try, they try to call me a pedophile too. They, I mean, they, they call Michael Jackson a pedophile, but let me tell you something. I hung out with Michael. He was not a pedophile. Trust me when I tell you that. <laughs> and you were there like at Neverland, like weren't you having sleepovers with my, the whole night? I only stayed one night with Michael uh, at Michael's house. And I mean, I, I, I literally smoked weed with Michael. So um, that I, is yeah. pretty badass. That is pretty. Yeah, that, yeah. Talking about a bucket list. It's very, Cheeks, I'm, have I'm you ever liar, smoked weed so. with uh, MJ? What's that? I just had a curiosity. Cheeks, have you ever smoked with MJ? That's a crazy bucket list thing right there. Nah, I never smoked no weed with Michael Jackson. That's crazy. <laughs> but we live. So here's the thing. So this is how it happened. I'm gonna, MJ's I'm probably gonna smoking some fire too I'm going to break down the then. story of Dude. how we smoked weed together. So it was his uh, birthday party or whatever. And then he gave me the jacket right in front of Nick. And then Nick kind of got pissed off that he gave me the jacket and he left me there. So, and he just even back then Nick but was yeah, out but of that age bracket yeah I don't even know what it was but <laughs> uh, Michael's Neverland was in Santa Inez well we used to live my family we used to live right next door to Michael and we didn't know him at this time but I had like missed the old house and I, I asked Michael I was like I was 15 I was like yo no, can you get any weed I don't give a f-. so I was like yo can you get any weed or anything like that and the next day he had this big, tall, blonde assistant with like curly hair. And this dude had like a dirt bike. And I, um, I go into the studio. I, w- I woke up and I'm like walking around Neverland. I'm asking people, like, yo, uh, where's Michael at? Like, what the f-? <laughs> And Was I'm there like, around. there were people all and over like, Neverland? 
yeah, yeah. And um, all of his maids and all these people. Yeah. And I'm just, I, I just start walking around and I'm asking people like, oh, where's he at? And they're like, oh, he's in his office. I go in his office and he had just gotten this big statue figurine from Michael Jordan of um, him dunking. And Michael collected those. My, Michael Jackson like collected all those big like statues. And he was showing me that. And he was like, oh yeah, you know, I got some heat. And he went, we went to the studio. His blonde assistant dude uh, came out and um, he showed me the weed. And I was like, all right, let's go. Um, I want to, I was 15. I was like, I want to drive Bentley, but I also want to drive over to Westerly Lane where I used to live and see if I can remember how to get there. And this is a good place for us to go smoke weed. Cause that's where I first, the first time I ever smoked weed, I was 11 in San Inez next door wow. to Michael. So I, I asked him, I was like, okay, let me take the car. It was me, him, and the assistant. And I took the, <laughs> the, um, the Bentley and I got in it with him and I found my old house. Did Michael see, roll I up? Drove, so I don't Did even Did Mike know roll up? Huh? Did Mike roll up? What was Mike smoking? Blunts? No, I rolled it. I rolled it. I rolled the blunt. I rolled the blunt. And th then uh, um, some crazy <laughs> happened because I'm sitting in the passenger seat and we're listening to, uh, would you be my butterfly? And he's like popping his head. And like, and then all of a sudden it, I got super stoned and I looked over <laughs> Michael and he looked kind of like, he looked kind of different to me. And I was like, oh, shit. And I like get up out of the car and walk. He's like, I didn't know you like to get wet. He looked at you. He goes, and I didn't know you like to get wet. He looked at me and I was, I did, I thought I saw like a porcelain doll or something. So I got the out of the car and I walked to the back. I'm like, oh, this is weird. Like, what the? I get back in. I go back to Neverland. Um, and then I was so stoned I couldn't even be around Michael. I couldn't look at him. Like, is he, you know, he had a lot of surgeries done. And no, yeah, I mean, he at Michael. that point, at but, that point in time, yeah, he looked kind of crazy. Yeah, but then it hit me because I wasn't thinking about it. I smoked, and you know, sometimes you smoke and you get like a little insecure, you get anxiety, whatever. All that shit hit me at once. And I was like, oh, f like I gotta get out of this car. Like, and he's like snapping his head, like popping, like listening to his own music. What a man! I would have tried to make a moonwalk. He just Mike, let me get a moonwalk to me. You look robotic. That is such a trip. That is an insane smoking story. Lord have mercy. So, dude, Aaron, we're going to be seeing more of each other at this fight. And I have a feeling right. that we're going to get you back on this program because I already can tell we've got good chemistry. I'm a big fan. But that being said, before we, we leave off tonight, because unfortunately we have to cut this short. I know you're very, very busy. But is there anything that you'd like to say to Lamar Odom right now if he's listening? Lamar, start doing sit-ups because when I go after that soft-ass body, the way that looks, it's going to put you on the ground just like Tyson Fury did to his opponent. So, and I'm, I'm going to be hanging my weight on you and I'm going to be dragging your legs to the point where you can't even f***ing stand. So you need to work that soft-ass body out because you already know that's all I can go for because I can't touch your head because I'll put you in a coma again. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I mean, look, that's why Damon likes working with you because yeah. he no holds no holding punches, literally. I don't give a f I'm not his friend. He's a fucking cheater. Ooh. <laughs> man. I'm not his oh, friend. That's, that's, I'm not his friend. He's not my friend. Do I look like I'm his friend? No. I ain't your fucking friend. So this isn't this isn't that. even staged at all. Like you legit want to beat the stage. I don't do stage shit. I'm not a phony ass motherfucker. If there's something staged, <laughs> I believe I ain't gonna touch it. So there you have it. Trust me, let me tell you guys, on my dad, on my fucking dad right here, this motherfucker would fucking kill me. I don't me know. I don't know if you got him. 
I don't know if you got him. You don't know if I got Lamar? Yeah, I don't know if you got him. I think the reach is going to be too much. Oh, you sound soft, too. Nah. (laughs) You sound soft, too. You want me to meet you in the ring next, Paul? Whatever. Huh? You want me to meet you in the the ring next? You sound soft. That's the post fight. Yeah, that's the post fight. <laughs> Hampton Zabers, no, Aaron Carter. Honestly, though, like all I got is his body. His body's soft. So, so is that what you're planning on doing? Is just hitting body shots, body shots, body shots? I'm not telling you guys what my formula is going to be. So. Fair enough. We'll leave that for them to watch. Order the pay per view. Aaron Carter versus Lamar Odom. Hello. It's going down. And as you hear, it's not staged. It's not a joke. This is going to be a beatdown. We'll see who gives the beatdown, who gets the beatdown. But after this, Aaron, I'm going to be rooting for you. I'm gonna, I know that Cheeks is a, is a big Lamar Odom fan and friend. Fan and friend. So oh. I got to play devil's advocate here. Team no, Lolo. I respect no, look, look, when it comes <laughs> down to it, it's it's all all in good fun. You know what I'm saying? It's all it's definitely all in good fun. So you're not, you're not trying. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, you know, I can't wait to see it. And then <laughs> if he get his... If he get his Revolt? If he get revolt, I. So I. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord, Aaron! It's been an honor to have you on here, and I'm looking forward to meeting you in real life very, very soon. Um, and I noticed that you're private on Instagram. Should they still follow you? Or are you trying to keep everybody away from that right now? I really don't give a f- about a follow, so I don't care. Love don't that. Don't follow me. Actually, unfollow me. Love that. Easily our most entertaining guest in a long time. The legend, Aaron Carter in studio. Aaron, it's been an honor. Good luck. Kick some ass, dude. And I'll be seeing you in a few weeks. Thank you for calling in, man. Hey, fellas. Thank you for having me on, man. God bless you. I appreciate it, man. Bless you, brother. Aaron Carter, living legend. He's going to be kicking some ass. I don't care what you say, Hammonds Dave. You're f***ing next, dude. So you better watch what you say to him. Line him up. This is the Ryan Show FM. Aaron Carter in studio. Mr. Cheeks, Hamptons Dave. Marco Polo will be calling in soon. But until then, honky wonky. Take it away. I'd like to take you on an astrological trip through the signs of the Zodiac. This is the Zodiac. This guy is a killer. Get him. Zodiac, a symbol that now stands for terror in San Francisco. This shit hard, boy. Killer hard. No one knows where he'll strike next. Yo, call me a Zodiac killer. Hard shot of liquor to a cognac sipper. Rap spit a flow. I'm the illest slash illa X crack dealer cold. I'm a polar cap pillar. Capricorn, just a line to gorillas. The dancer from the smoke, 69's how I did her. It's just a small version, but the Pisces bigger. My finger ram trigger, about the Aries in ya. Yeah, it's like the dawning of Aquarian. The sign says, get your point across, Sagittarian. But I just see food, pescatarian. Fill is cut, all up in your guts, that's a Syrian. You can weigh me on the scale, legendary. Barbarian, tell him leave, bro, or I bury him. On my bully, a friend of yours and a friend of mine. The only shooter that's in the gym is Jim and I. Jim, 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 Can I get a suit?
And we have returned. This is the Ryan Show FM. DJ Honky Wonky scratching on the ones and twos as per normal. We've got Hamptons Dave here. We're short. Yeah. We're short our hip-hop legend, but we've got another one here to make up for it tonight. One of my favorite producers. I've been lit many a night and freestyled over his beats. <laughs> I've sat with my boy Afro and freestyled over his beats. He's been lucky enough to bless some of his beats. We have one of the great minds of Canada here tonight, <laughs> although now we're claiming him in Brooklyn. I see Dave's got that Nets backdrop as Benoit. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, give it up for the one and only, the most important, my favorite, Marco Polo. Yeah. Let's go. Hey, welcome welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. That's cool. That's cool. I didn't know you knew Afro. That's what's up. Yeah, Afro's a good friend of the show. Our young Shout blood. To Fro. Yeah, we did that little EP, uh, Rest in Peace to My Cat, who was on the cover, Misha. And yeah, we did the EP, and uh, hopefully uh, we get some more work in. But that's my dude right there. Yeah, that boy can Misha. Rap. He sure rest can. In peace. Yeah. Rest in peace to Misha. I got to say that, too. I know what it's like to have to lose a cat. It's not a good experience yeah, to lose a cat. Losing, losing, pets, losing pets is not fun, and uh, but thankfully... Uh, you know, she's out of her pain. She was, she had yeah. a lot of things going on, and now we just adopted. I just adopted a new cat, so nobody likes to is. lose. Pussy. <laughs> 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 that was one of the few times we we're not gonna have to beep something out on <laughs> FM because it's it's in context. And you got a new cat, it's not easy to get a new cat either because cats like yeah, they gotta grow on you. Like, the, like cats, like they tend to hate. Like, I've got a great cat right now. It protects the baby that I have, but it bites people in the face, literally, when they come to the house. It leaps into their face and bites foreheads. So it's not easy. Really? Yeah. Yeah, no, I had the, a very nice, sweet cat passed I've away. I've heard about cats like that that are that aggressive. Thankfully, my cat is not like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're a busy man. The last thing you need is some type of a lawsuit. And now that being said, <laughs> new instrumentals out. Last night, I spent some time with, uh, with our Japanese friends over at Yamakusha the Sushi Restaurant, freestyling over your new beats. And just, just fire, dude. Just quality. So is there anything different about this album? I, you, you mentioned off the air that this was just a lot of stuff that you had been sitting on. Oh, like, yeah. shameless, shameless, shameless plug. MP on the MP, the beat tape volume one. I actually made cassettes. I pressed up vinyl. Uh, I was blessed to sell out of those real quick. But yeah, man, I have a lot of music in the stash and I went through a part earlier in my career where I was like always waiting for the right moment for certain beats. And I just, I was sick of just having all this stuff sitting around. It's work and it's work I wanted people to hear and I wanted to share it. So now I'm starting this trilogy of beat tapes with stuff I have in the stash uh, and uh, it's all brand new, never heard before. And uh yeah, man, that that's that's basically what inspired these these releases. Is I just was sick of sitting on so much stuff, so I wanted people to hear it. Why not get it out to the people, right? Well, exactly. We like I feel Ryan like there's said. a different there's a whole different world for instrumentals as well, because there's a lot of people that just like beats. The whole lo-fi scene and just people in general, they might not want to hear raps all the time. They just like to hear beats in the background while they're doing whatever they do. So I wanted to throw some stuff into that into that world. So. When I was a kid, I had a buddy of mine give me about 10 MF Doom CDs, and they were just all instrumentals. And I just drive around listening all day. So yeah, it's, it's definitely got a place. So let's go back to your origins here. 
You're Italian, like us two guineas. We got three guineas yep. up in here. Hey, oh. hey, hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> so first off, I didn't even like to be an Italian in Canada is one thing, but to be an Italian in Canada and have such a strong affinity for hip hop, what was it like? Like, uh, did your parents understand? Because I'm just, I'm only going to assume that you come from a musical background, judging by the complexity of your beats. Okay. So I don't come from a musical background besides like my uncle Gino playing acoustic guitar, playing like Jose Feliciano and like Feliz Navidad Christmas <laughs> at, the, at the dinner. Like um, there's not a lot of music in my family, but there is in other ways because my father, rest in peace, uh, was a music aficionado and his taste in music um, was incredible. And he used to DJ and he actually left me some records and um, I learned a lot of music through him uh like i'm talking spectrum like all over the spectrum like from bob james to uh you know cream to miles davis to pat metheny to you know he was he bought a tribe called quest's first album that was like the first rap album in my house and it wasn't because of me it was because of him he liked benita, he liked wow. benita applebaum um and he just kind of put me on he just kind of set it off he, he set it off for me to really just discover music and uh so so that was pretty amazing it was inspiring and then i just kind of found my own path in terms of discovering hip-hop a little later and just man and just getting into it and wanting to own everything but then really becoming obsessed with the with the beats and the people making the beats and that's what led to you know going to school for it in toronto and moving to new york and all that no classical training though nobody ever taught you to play any instruments when you were younger zero Wow, that to They're me all is self, all self-taught. That's wild, dude, and and that just shows to anyone out there that's a parent the impact that you have on your kids by playing them music and a variety of music like that. Yeah, so that's incredible. I got to shout to my dad real quick in case yeah. he ever listens. Like seriously, that's the exact same thing. But it just shows, like, if you play enough music, it'll become ingrained in them. So just always music on in my house too. Just you know, like everything from the Grateful Dead to. You know, like everything at that era, you know, my mom was a deadhead. So it's just, you know, being around music, it just. Yeah. I mean, I for me, yeah, for me, it was like, I don't know. It's interesting because I just did a production Zoom class for, for up and coming producers. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot about myself and through their journey, which was, you know, I spent a good, like, I, I you not like two to three years making beats before I ever, um, gave beats to anybody it was like it was like training and that's a lot of time to to spend on something yeah. before you know you enter it into a professional sense so it, it took a lot of time for me to get there a lot of misses a lot of swings a lot of misses a lot of out of tune bass lines a lot of whack beats um, are you a perfectionist like you didn't I want to put super, anything out until you i'm a super perfectionist and I try and let go of that every day, but I don't think I ever will. I feel like that, like music is one of those things. If you're going to put music out for everybody, why not have it be the best that you really can make it? I just feel like if you're going to do something, why would you half-ass it? Especially like that and, and you know, making music. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's even more true now because the digital social media world has literally crippled humans' attention spans. Mm -hmm. You don't have people's attention spans like you used to. You got five seconds to make an impression most of the time, and they're over it. They're on to the next thing. So it is not the era to be putting out half-ass It's The doors are open for literally anyone and their mother to release music into the world quickly. 
that there used to be gatekeepers. There used to be avenues. Used, I used to have to go to the record store every Tuesday to hear new music. Those days are done. So now it's even, it's even tougher to become a producer musician now because it's just the gates are open. They open them and they are flooded. So if it was ever more important to like really take it seriously and, and make a first impression, I feel like it's this era. I was lucky enough to get in before it went that crazy. But it's it's tough, man. It's tough. And you moved down to New York in the tail end. First off, I want to welcome Mr. Cheeks. The legendary Mr. Cheeks has arrived. What are there doing? he is. Yeah. What's up, baby? Up, bing, baby. You're right. Salute, Mr. Cheeks, man. Good to meet you, brother. It's good, my man. One of the cool things about doing this is bringing two different hip-hop legends together, two guys that we're fans of that may have never worked together to see what comes of it. So do we got any crazy Lost Boys stories, Marco Polo, listening to them back in the day? So I was actually thinking about that. So I went to a high school, St. Robert's Catholic High School outside of Toronto, and I remember that the DJ used to play music before the basketball team used to come out to get everybody hype, and Renee was like a staple um, <laughs> in, that, in, that, in that, you know what I'm saying, the, the pregame. Like, of course, we grew up listening to Lost Boys. That's, that's a given. Um, up in up in Toronto, which has had a big hip hop community. So salute, Mr. Cheeks. It's a it's an honor to meet you, brother. Salute, Marco Polo. Everything's good, man. Good to meet you too, sir. That was up. Excellent. I don't think you guys have done anything together, but is this the first time that you two have met after all these years being in New York? I, I, have I we met before? It's possible. It's possible, but if we if we met before, we we be boys right now. So yeah, <laughs> I think that's a good point. That's <laughs> true. I mean, I'm talking more hard yeah. body. Yeah, man. I mean, in New York, it's always six degrees of separation, so we're all in the same circle, regardless. Um, yes, sir. So you grew up in Canada. You're in Toronto, and you decide to pursue your dream of becoming a producer, and you move to New York City, which is a crazy adjustment in itself. I can imagine people thought that you were nuts going from Toronto to New York to, to chase your dreams. Absolutely. And I moved like two months after 9-11 happened, uh, wow. which, my, my, which my folks were definitely not thrilled about me mo moving to New York after that happened. Uh, but I, I, you couldn't tell me nothing. I, that's what I was going to yeah. do. Um, because Toronto at the time, we had a dope scene. We had a dope underground scene, you know, with guys like Cardinal Fischel and Cardinal Fischel. Yep. Um, but it wasn't, it Chocolate, wasn't like the urban, it wasn't like the urban scene now where, you know, we, you know, we got Drake and weekend, which literally blew up the entire world. So the, the music focus on Toronto was crazier, but back then we just, it was a bit more independent. So I felt like I had to leave to really get it popping. So that's what I did. I moved to New York and started interning at a studio, uh, called the cutting room in Manhattan. And that's where I met a lot of MCs that I work with now. So yeah, man. Legend goes that it was there, you handed a beat tape to Master Ace, and the rest is history. So, so there's a couple steps before that, but yeah, at the cutting room is where I met Master Ace. Before that, uh, I was just like managing the studio, I was an assistant engineer. This is the same studio that Just Blaze started at. Yep. Uh, obviously, yep. he blew up to whole crazier levels than me, but it was the same era. He left, and I kind of took the same position of, of managing... <clears throat> But that's how I met Ace. He came in for a session with the Beat Nuts, gave him a beat CD, didn't hear anything for like a month. And then I get a random phone call, unknown number, pick it up. It's Ace. He wants to use some beats. And 
And then that began with Ace. So, but before that, I had worked with an MC named Pumpkinhead, rest in peace. So we did a whole album called Orange Moon Over Brooklyn. Um, and here's my cat. Of There's course, the new cat. The party. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the short version of the story. I met Ace at the cutting room, and, and you know, and that was a very monumental moment because he did a track for me called Nostalgia, which I still consider one of my biggest songs in the underground. The video is like almost 10 million views now. Uh, and then we just formed a friendship and a musical bond. And, you know, now we're doing albums together. So, yeah. That's lit. Yeah, that's one of, one of the ill tag teams right now in that genre, mm-hmm. that subgenre. Do we have anything else to look forward to? Another, al- I know you've said you got the instrumental albums coming out, the compilations, any oh, more? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Me and Ace are working on a follow up to a Brooklyn story now. We got a couple of tracks we started. Uh, I actually just spoke to Ace because I'm like, I was kind of wondering, like, what's what's the deal? Because all the beats are pretty much done. And I really, really felt what he said. He was like, yo, if I had wrote the new album in the last year, it would have been like the darkest ever. And I don't <laughs> I just don't want it to be on that vibe. You know, it's such an apocalyptic year for everybody in so yeah. many ways. And I actually feel that while I'm sure he will speak about it in some form in the songs, I guess he wanted it for the real, real messed up times to pass and then get into a better space to really start going in and recording the joints. So that's happening. I can't say exactly when, but I will hope hopefully in the next year we drop that. All right. Nice. Oh. Now, that's oh. one thing I'm curious about is, uh, is how did the pandemic affect you? I mean, you hear how it affects people that are going on the road performing, but with a producer, does it give you more time to think and create or, you know, how, how did the pandemic affect uh, your music? <laughs> it's funny because a lot of producers are like the most antisocial people were at home anyways. So in, in that regards, it wasn't a huge adjustment. Um, the, the, the main thing is I'm also a touring artist with Ace. So the concerts we definitely miss. We, we make a lot of our income doing touring. So yeah, that was a yeah. big thing. Um but yeah, it was just more time to make beats and, and a little too much time. I, I think I realized during the pandemic that I rely on those tours and going outside to feed the creative tank. If I'm in here 24 hours a day, six months straight, it's gonna, it's just going to yeah, empty. You know. I'm going to have nothing to offer. So, um, you know, I had crazy ups and downs during the pandemic. I spoke about it publicly. I was going through real creative blocks and not feeling it and I just had to step away and also realize that it's just normal. Like this is a, that was the most fucked up year I've ever experienced in my yep. life for everybody. So whatever you're going through is like completely normal. And like, there's no handbook for this. Shit. So Hell you just do your best. And sometimes I don't want to make beats. So I, you know, I started cooking and doing other shit, going to the gym and, and um, yeah, man, I had to step away for a little bit, but then finally the vibe started to come back and, you know, you, you always want to do it when you, you, you feel like it, when it's fun and not like, because it's a job, even yeah, though it exactly. is my job, yeah, I make so. the best music when I don't feel that way. So, yeah, you're an artist. I mean, how can you create if you're not in the right state of mind? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. To anyone going through it in the pandemic, like it's totally normal. Like I, I literally got to a point where I like, is this it? Am I done? Am I just gonna, you know, move to the mountains and become a crazy <laughs> cat guy, a thousand cats, and just that's it? So. You know. <laughs> Back to Canada. Tab and close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> 2021, the world is opening up. Do we got any shows that are going to be booked for this summer? You and Master Ace, anything to look forward to? Any fans out there that might want to catch you live? We actually have one crazy show booked in Paris with quite the lineup. Uh, oh, I, I saw that. 
I don't know if it's a little ambitious of those promoters, but it's kind of nice to have it booked. Just even if it doesn't happen, it's just kind of like a thing that it's a little bit of hope. But yeah, we're in Paris. I, I guess it's October. It's like EPMD, Havoc. Um, man, the flyer I posted is so many people on that show. Keith Murray, the one and only Murray. I believe Keith Murray's on that bill too. I thought I saw him. Yeah, post Keith it. Murray. Sorry, I'm just trying to look for the the good luck the flyer. <laughs> but it's it's quite the lineup, and I hope it happens. I really do. Oh, here it is. Sorry, it's Eric Sermon, Keith Murray, Az, Lord, Lord Finesse, PMD, Lord, uh, Large Professor, Cool G Rap, Cool G Rap, Ian Ace, Havoc, Masses Mob D, Rest in Peace, Prodigy, of course, Big Noid. So quite the lineup. So I hope it happens. Uh, if it doesn't, I won't be surprised either because who you know everything right now is like you know you're you're betting on what's going to happen by October. Who knows? So. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. And now it's a perfect time to showcase new music, old music. And I have to ask, what is it, your favorite song that you've created since the pandemic? We'll start with that. Since, I guess, 2020. Is there one song in particular that you'd like us to air tonight? <sighs> since that I made during the pandemic? S- since the start of 2020. Since the start of the new world, as they call it. Um... You know what? Let's go with the joint I just did that's on uh, Pharaoh Monch's new album with his group 13 called Oxygen. I can send that over to you guys. Um, I like it because it's real different, different from what I usually do. So, And that's with Marcus Machado, the guitar player, I believe? That is correct. And I believe he actually awesome. played some pieces that, that I chopped up and put over the beat. So, yes. Yes. Nice. All right. So, perfect. Marco Polo in studio. Follow him on Instagram. And Marco, what's the uh, what's the Instagram? Everything is usually Marco Polo Beats. So Twitter, Marco Polo Beats. Instagram, Marco Polo Beats. Facebook, it's Marco Polo Beats PA. Um, but yeah, a lot of food and music and cat pics. If you're into that, then follow me. <laughs> and we're not going to have to beep over any word here. I'm going to leave my joke to the side. This is the Ryan Show yeah. FM. Marco Polo in studio. Follow the man. Listen to those instrumentals. We're going to have them linked in our bio and on our Discord. We're going to have some freestyles over them in our Discord. So it's more reason to sign up for the Ryan Show universe. And on that note, we've got Rob Van Dam coming very, very soon. Marco Polo, thank you very much. Honky Wonky on the ones and twos. Let's get it going, baby. Three o'clock in the morning. That ain't time to be in Come on Port Authority terminal It's not a game, not a game Alone in New York City Three o'clock in the morning You have no idea That ain't time to be in What you about to get into? Port Authority terminal You about to be put to a test Chris Cole, Farrell, let's go You are in need of deliverance from discriminative images An unusual amount of musical carcinogens Here's an adrenaline boost with similar boost sentiments I'm vegetating vaginal canals that is V for victory, a verbally indicative of why I haven't been inundated That demonstrated before that I see the beat as a clitoris And my tongue is the stimulation that's vibrating from slow to vigorous It moves with the finesse and the smoothness Even inside of the grooves of a record Check it Check it again and check the metaphors Make sure they make sense And then twit pickets like courtside nick tickets Gifted with algorithms, terrific with quantum physics Merciless with the words, your verses are quite horrific And poor morally, I never support them Caught them in the Port Authority off guard and fought them morally Renegade 13 who want war 
At three o'clock in the morning, I'm spawn, escaping the grips of Satan. My supremacy is born, my identity is Jason. Jason. What you are now currently hearing, I recited in verbatim. No ultimatum, played him, laid him out on the curb, made him wait before I slayed him when I served him with the verb that. Three o'clock in the morning. Okay. You already know. Okay. That ain't no time to be in. Ah. The Port Authority yeah. terminal. Prince Paul, I flow. Alone in New York Travel City. Three o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to tell you. You really have no idea. That ain't no time to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. It's really crooked in this motherfucker. Clever and pretty young girl. In the zone, trapped in the jaws of poverty, drug abuse in the home. Three BFFs already pregnant, her every move is alone. Seventeen and battered with thoughts of getting to put two in the dome. Stressed and ready to just end it, suspended in disgrace. Hate to descend it, her faith heavily contended. Bend it over backwards, rend it, loyalty even to extend it. Fam, like a ninja on a bench for vengeance. Man, grabbed a stash of cash and ran away. Felt she had to mash, we're fastened out of the grave. Two and a half days later, she'll be in the land of hate. The big city is full of trees. But you gon' learn today Jumped on the bus, cat low Yo, she blended, quickly hindered by Vacation in parking lot, attended Waving the Mets, pendant, soul crying Lying like a remnant, so tiring So inspiring, things to be implemented No guidance, but a science refused to stay down But wait, everybody knows you don't go Play how with time to shake The service is the worst, but first with time to break But finally, it's pulling in the gate She's strolling through the terminal Dude, south of her mate Got up in the air, painting the picture looking great Now she's out there on the stone, lost mm. Be on the plate with the mint and sickness Substituting cookies for the cake What a one job a barrel pick of my dude It's two times It's me, Prince O <laughs> Organized confusion is back Here we go again with the funky intro Marco Polo Marco Polo Polo Rolling with the most superior Part of authority Another MP production Sing along with me if y'all know
from the hood and your name was known, yeah. And even then you was taking a risk. They would rush you for your chain while you was taking a piss. Hip-hop used to be so thick in the air. When it was there, you ain't even need a kick in the snare. It could have been finger snaps and hand claps. But nowadays, it feels a little different when a man raps. The track commencing, these cats are French. Comedian lacking sense, what I rap's intense. And I be the best in these rap events. And how I got this far, it's called experience. Come on. like the light cause I show the way I'm the one that collects the funds and hold the pay the kind that fold away then I stroll away pull away I can't name all the hits we charted that crazy ass Brooklyn ass we got it we came here tonight to get started to cold act ill and get retarded This might be my last, my last, my last. 